Hey friends, welcome to Wild Confidence Podcast, where we help one another find, keep, and share our confidence in Christ. I'm your host, Ainsley B. It's an honor to bring you some inspiring conversations with amazing guests. Before we hear today's conversation, I want to kindly ask if you'd leave a five-star review and share this episode with a friend who might like it. I'd also love to connect on Instagram, so find me at Ainsley B. Okay, I can't wait anymore. Let's get to know our guest. Kate Warman is a best-selling author, speaker, popular relationship coach, and the founder of Heart of Dating. She helps thousands of men and women on their journeys through the conversations on the Heart of Dating podcast, which launched in 2018. Through her ministry, Kate's mission is to empower both men and women to have the courage to own their story, walk in victory, thrive with purpose, and discover clarity and vision in their life and relationships. In her new book, Thank You for Rejecting Me, transform pain into purpose and learn to fight for yourself. Kate vulnerably shares how she grew through her deepest, darkest rejections and offers readers the tools to heal from their past, to take back their power and walk in strength, victory, and love into their future. Kate currently lives in Los Angeles area and loves sunshine, walks, Jesus, and lip singing to Celine Dion. Kate, welcome to Wild Confidence. Um, I believe there are some congratulations in order. Oh, thanks, Ainsley. I'm so excited to be here. And yes, yes. Congratulations. Or in order, I'm engaged. And it's so wild and fun. Thank you so much. Do you have a date? I think it's coming up, right? Yeah, it's in August. (gasps) At the end of August. Yeah. Oh my gosh. August what? August 27th. (laughs) Okay. I'm August 14th. So big fans of love August. I feel like August is the best time to like do your anniversary trips too. Yes. I I don't know why. I just feel like it's the best time. It's always been my favorite month. Granted my birthday's in August. And so (gasps) like, I've just always found August is like the chill slower month before September and everything ramps up for just like everything with marketing back to school, all that stuff, you know, just whatever. And I've just find like, you know, like we both like lived in New York city and like the city life those are that's still when you have summer Fridays you know just yes oh my gosh like the chill month (sighs) of the year right and so yeah I love August and so I'm so excited because I'm like yes we can have our anniversary trip in August yes it's gonna be so awesome I'm so excited for you now y'all are long were y'all long distance or are you long distance is that right we were at the beginning yeah we're not anymore okay Okay. I really want to ask you more about that because I have dated long distance really well, but Mm -hmm. I've also dated long distance really poorly. (laughs) Granted, I ended up marrying the guy that we dated long distance very poorly. Oh my gosh. I want to know just, you know, a little bit more about your experience with that and like how you even do it, you know, do it well. So, Mm -hmm. um, but first I want to talk about something else. We'll get to the long distance thing, but there's something that I find that happens in Christian dating all the time. And I feel like you can correct me if you don't find it, but I feel like it gets so heavy, so fast, like so serious, so fast. You're like, I have to, you know, within the first two dates, you're like, are we going to get married? Are we going to, and I'm like, Oh my God, the breaks. How do we make dating fun again? Because I feel like it is just so heavy. We need to lighten it up a little. Yeah, girl, this is a huge mistake that we make. Like, and I've been preaching on this for a while now because I really think 
that there are well-meaning people out there talking about dating intentionally, but sometimes we take that information and then we're like, let's make it super serious. And like, I can't go on a date with them unless they know I want to be in a relationship with them or I see them as my future husband or wife. Right. And I'm like, but how do you know if they're your future husband or wife until you actually get to know them like through time? And so, um, I think with dating, we, we need to be able, I think wisdom is I'm going to guard my own heart as well by seeing a person through time and therefore committing to them through time, not right away, but through time. And so the way I see this is actually separating dating, the whole phases of dating from singleness to marriage in five different ways. I think it should be single dating relationship, engaged, married. And the way, Mm. the reason why this changes it is because dating usually encompasses relationship. Like dating is this catch-all word that means I'm going on dates. I'm exclusive. I'm in a relationship. I'm nearing engagement. Like they, everyone uses this term dating for all of those stages. And I like to put a separation between dating and relationship because I think it really is the game changer for how we can enjoy dating specifically, because in this way, if you are dating somebody, you are in the dating phase, figuring out not if you want to get engaged, not skipping the relationship phase, you are figuring out if you want to be in a relationship with this Mm -hmm. person, then the relationship is to figure out if you want to be engaged to the person. So I think this helps if we can reframe it to see dating as a means to see in a process through time, if you want to be in a relationship with someone and in that it releases the pressure because you can go on a date with somebody, you can go on dates with somebody, not even just a day. And you're just trying to figure out through time. If you want to be in a relationship, you're not trying to figure out if you want to marry them at the end of three dates. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) I, I could not agree more. And honestly, what you're saying is essentially my, when I get on a soapbox about the talking phase, yeah, I'm like, talking is dating, Like you're going on dates, you're hanging out, you're, you have to have that conversation. That's like, you know, if, if you're going to not move forward, if you are, so this like cop out stage needs to, we need to put that down and we need to say, just say that you're dating because dating can be casual. Yes. Dating can be, it can be more pressure off. And when we say casual, when we say casual, it's not like we're meaning like casual as in like, you're not honoring the person or you're just making out with every person you meet. And it's just like having fun to like an an extreme in a way. Like what what I mean is like, you're taking the pressure off and you're not making it like, all about sizing someone up for marriage. Um, But with that, you have to have boundaries in various ways. You have to have spiritual, emotional, physical boundaries. You have to have certain kind of boundaries in this stage too, so that you're not just diving super like deep in. A lot of people in the talking phase what I see a lot of Christians do, especially is like, they're getting emotionally naked. You know, it's like, we're like yes. just sharing my whole story and we're talking and talking and talking and building this fun connection. <laughs> yeah. And now I feel deeply connected to you, but I either don't know you that well, or like, there's nothing defined here. So what did I just do? Like, I now feel a connection to you. And if you go on a date with somebody else, I suddenly feel heartbroken but I didn't guard myself. Well, I didn't properly establish emotional boundaries. And so we need to take some ownership for that because that's another area and how to make dating more casual. We have to have, we have to know ourselves and have proper boundaries in place as well. 
I totally agree. It's almost like a race in the beginning to like give all the information possible, you know, and, and then make a decision and you don't have to do that. Yeah. Do you think it's because people feel like they're running out of time? Mm, I think it could be for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think as people get older, they're like, let me, let me, especially as people like are seeing other people get married and engaged. It's like, oh my gosh, like I need to find this. It's also because we heighten it and we make it such a priority. Um, and yeah. So I do think there's like sometimes a sense of urgency, um, the end, like marriage is like the pinnacle and, you know, we can't have any value other than being married. And, you know, especially if you're in college, it's like ring by spring, I'm here oh to my get my gosh, MRS yeah. degree. And yeah. that's the thing. Like I got to be married at the end of this. And it's like, well, no, you don't. Who's telling you that? Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's hard though, with peer pressure and seeing all these examples around you. So that's why I love what I get to do through heart of dating, because I'm like, we need to have better tools out there to say, it's okay if you're single and that's totally fine. It's okay to enjoy dating and not put so much pressure on it. It's okay to not know after four dates, if you want to be with someone or not, and just keep exploring all of those things are okay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I love what you're doing because I think that it needs, you know, a, a megaphone. Like we have got to keep, keep talking about it through a megaphone to drive it home. Especially I'm in the South. The, yeah. the pressure for that is unreal. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I see it. I work with college students all the time and yeah. they're so burdened by this. And I'm like, have fun. You do not have to, you do not have to worry about getting married right after this. I think some of the most formative, um, years for my self-worth and understanding who I am going through therapy or counseling, you know, figuring out, um, just healing through whatever you may have gone through in life happened right after college Yeah, for me. And there's so many question marks in the air right after college that you can get answers to, and really feel like concrete and who you are before, mm-hmm. you know, being, I don't know, I'm trying to think of the word, but like being attached to someone forever. Yeah. Yes. There's such a beauty to that, like to figuring things out on your own, especially after college of like just navigating. It's a whole new world. And Mm -hmm. there, I mean, sure. There's great things for people who get married at that age, very young. Sure. um, Yeah. Figuring a lot of things out together but you're also, you have less ability to figure out just who you are outside of the other person. Mm -hmm. Um, and it takes a really strong person to be able to like say, okay, I'm going to really figure out who I am because I'm young and figuring these things out versus let's just enmesh everything together. I see that a lot for younger couples. And then Mm -hmm. it's like every, all of the interests, all the values, all the passions are so intersected that it's like, there's a loss of really, truly knowing what you love, what you desire, what God's purpose is for you as an individual, not just like you together. And so I actually being my thirties and now being engaged, it's just, I I've had such a big story of so many different things and lots of heartbreaks and and horrible situations and dating, but I'm so grateful that I'm getting married now. You know, I actually am like, I, I love the woman I've be able, been able to become through being single and going through all the heartbreaks. And yeah. 
that's not always something maybe you hear, but I'm like actually so grateful to not have gotten like to not have married some of the guys that I really wish I was going to get married two years ago. You yeah. know, I look back yeah. and I'm like, my goodness, yeah. thank the Lord I didn't marry them. Yes. <laughs> not, just not because they were bad people per se. Some of them were, but um, right. not right. because all of them were bad, but <laughs> because like I was enmeshing myself entirely into performing to be their wife and to being the person they wanted me to be. I had so many different layers of healing that still needed to happen. And not to say it wouldn't have happened, but I really don't think I would have gotten to the place I am now and built the thing I built, which is hard of dating. If I had yes. been married for the yeah. last five, six, seven years. Yeah, absolutely. And I've also heard um, that your thirties are like some of the most confident years of your life. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I agree. I, I agree about that. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm only 31, but I'm like, I already can agree with that. Like, I'm like, yeah, I, I think there's some, there's just a level of confidence. That you're like, Hmm, I know who I am now. Yeah, I agree. Like I, lo- I could not wait Ainsley to turn 30. I was like 29, 29 and a half. <laughs> and I just kept telling people I'm 30 and my friends were like, Hey, you're not even 30 yet. And I'm like, I know, but like, I'm so excited. I can't wait to be 30. It. And like, as soon as I just was like, welcoming myself into this next decade with like open arms. I'm like, yes, I am. just. I feel great about this. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that perspective because I think it's so rare. So many people are so hesitant and I'm like, no, let's do it. I love that. Y'all it is happening. I am so excited to finally bring you the book that I've been working on called don't date a boo-boo dude. It is a guide to raise your standards, realize your worth, and remove shame from the dating game. I'm writing this book on a mission that girls everywhere will embrace a wild confidence in their identity in Christ and fulfill the calling that God has placed on their lives. Y'all, it's time to raise the bar, link arms, and fix our crowns. The book is now available for pre-order on Amazon, and it officially comes out August 2nd. Okay, perfect. So whenever we're thinking about, you know, dating and making it less intense and really um, just doing it better, I think, what are some fun date ideas? Do you have any that you can, uh, that you could share? I do. I think that when you're thinking of date ideas, the one thing I want to discourage you from entirely is any dates that feel like an interview and that's the Mm -hmm. easiest dates to ask people out on coffee date, dinner date. Okay. It's the easiest date to ask people out out on, but it literally is an interview and it doesn't allow for all the different forms of connection. Like, especially in the beginning stages, you want to have like a, you want to see if you even like being around them. You want to look for friendship connection over anything else in the beginning. Uh, because you want to like, do I like this person? Do I even like being around them without just like interviewing them and asking them all these questions? And when you're at a dinner across from each other, there's no way there's nothing playful. There's nothing fun about that. It's just literally an interview. It it can feel like an interview. So I would not recommend dinner, drinks, coffee for the beginning. And if you do make it quick and like come up with better date ideas after that, please, um, <laughs> coffee walk, do a coffee walk at least, you know, like don't just yeah. sit in a coffee shop with all these people that are studying for their exam, their exams, like do something different. If you're going to yeah. get coffee, go on a coffee walk or something, but, um, other great date ideas, I would say being active, doing something outside a walk, um, 
you know, bike riding. I love picnics there. These are great ideas that also don't cost a lot of money. Um, I also would just say when you are thinking about date ideas, always try to think about that specific person and what might excite them or be a date that would be fun for them, especially for the guys. But you as a girl can still like suggest things as well. That might be fun for guys, especially if you're in the process of dating. Um, one thing I love that, uh, my man did when we were first dating is he, we were long distance. So we had to do like a FaceTime date, you know, or a zoom date. And over that FaceTime, we did, um, he had this list of this or that questions, which was really fun. Cause they were lighthearted, you know, it's yeah. like pizza or tacos, you know, like things like that. And it was fun, but here's the thing. This was really fun. Like vanilla or chocolate. What he did was he wrote my answers down to every one of these questions that he asked me. And then he used it as his like rubric of like things that I liked or things to get me and surprise me with, you know? And so now he knows like what kinds of foods I like, what's flavor of things I like. So he literally was like, this is his like textbook for what things he could surprise me with or do like in the future for future dates. And he totally did that, which why I loved. And he always says like, he is not a type a planner. I'm the type a planner, but he's like, it doesn't take that much to like be intentional and curious. Like literally, if you're wondering like, how do I do something for her? Do these, this or that questions, write those things down and then send her a delivery of pizza one day or like something vanilla. If she loves vanilla or if she loves coffee, get her a random coffee delivery, you know, like just surprises with those things or plan dates around the things that they love. Something that I love a guy did for me was I love all things French. This was not JJ though. He's done so many things I love. But years ago, this guy picked me up and it was a friend of mine. So I had known him for a little bit. Um, And then we went on a date and he had created a French playlist. So I get in the car, (laughs) French playlist that he created. We go to a French hole in the wall restaurant and at dinner, he like orders in French. I was like, are you Uh -uh. kidding me? And so it was so fun because he really stepped into my world a little bit, you know, um, to like see that I love French things. So he made like a French theme kind of date and I loved it. I was like, okay, this is, this is really impressive. And he really cares about doing things specific to me. And so JJ, one of his favorite dates I took him on was he loves sports. He loves anything active. He specifically loves football and golf. And so one day I was like, babe, I'm going to just block out your morning or from this hour to this hour. And I went to the store and I bought golf balls and I wore this like cute golfing outfit and I picked him up and I was like, we're going golfing. And I don't (laughs) golf girl. I don't golf at all. I don't Yeah, I can putt putt. I can do putt putt. But um, so I take him golfing and he was the golf balls. Oh, I packed like a little cooler of his snacks that he loves. He was on cloud nine and it didn't take that much. You know, I really didn't spend much money at all. Um, and I got to chill in the golf cart and just like encourage him and drive around with him for the few hours of the golfing. And he loved it. So anyway, I have a myriad of date ideas, but those are a few. (laughs) I love those. You, you were talking, there's two things I wanted to circle back to one of them being the little surprise and delights. Um, I love that one time, whenever I had a hard day in New York, my husband, so we were dating at the time I was in the lower East side. He was in the upper West side 
for anyone who doesn't know, that's dating long distance pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is. It, is. it really is. And um, he had got milk bar delivered to my apartment. That's and right. I was like, that was the best thing ever. It was the sweetest thing, just oh. like a, a little milk bar treat. And um, another, a different date that wasn't my husband, but kind of like how you were talking about really stood out, which I, I thought took a lot of effort, but I guess it didn't on his part, but we went kayaking or like canoeing or whatever. And I thought that was so fun and outdoorsy and different. And that spoke to my soul. (laughs) And I was like, it wasn't boring. Like that, I don't even know if there was a, I think there maybe was a second date with that guy, but like, it didn't work out, but that doesn't matter. Like that date was so cool that like, if I saw him now, I could consider him a friend because we had fun Mm. together, you know? Yes. I love yeah. that. It and makes that thing, you have less fun. awkward. Exactly. Yeah. Have fun. Okay. I, last like little date idea that I love, and this is not expensive. A guy picked me up one time and drove us to Walgreens. Okay. And I was like, what's happening? <laughs> this is Walgreens, <laughs> but he hands me an envelope with maybe $10, maybe 20. I forget. And he has, he has a list of things that then he sends to me. He's like, okay, we're, we're going to go in here and I want you to buy these three different things that I'm going to buy three different things. And it was like, you know, something that reminds you of your childhood, something, this, something that. So three different things, I could use a $20 or whatever it was to go and buy those things. And after we get to like share with each other. And it was like this fun little scavenger hunt little thing around the store. And it just was fun. And then it was interesting because we talked about these things that had to do with childhood or different memories and very small little things, but it was a fun, different kind of date that also wasn't very expensive. (laughs) Yeah, that is, I love that idea. It's creative. Like if you need a creative outlet, plan a date. Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. it will make you be more creative. And it's so it it's just so much less awkward when you run into them if it doesn't work out later because you're like, oh yeah, we just had we had that one great date. One of the things that I have been asked multiple times is how I am so confident. And <laughs> y'all, it's all Jesus, I'll tell you that. But I did make a field guide for you if you do want practical steps on how to find your wild confidence. That is available if you go to my website, ainsleybritton.com and you click on field guides, you can find it right there for $49 and you too can find your wild confidence. Okay, one thing that you mentioned was meeting or having a date with JJ online on zoom. Yeah. Is this how you met? Yes, we did meet on zoom and he was long distance. Can you tell (laughs) us that story? Yeah. So how we actually met, ironically, I was speaking at a single women's conference online and for the single women's conference, they were doing live blind dates with bachelors, single uh-uh. male bachelors. And he was one of the bachelors doing a live blind date. So before the event, I actually met him and the other bachelors over Zoom, but it was very casual. I was like, hey, what's up? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, um, and then they started the programming. I had my camera off. I'm like looking at my notes, just chilling with my, you know, muted camera off. He did the date. I actually didn't really watch the date. He hates that part. He's like, yes, you did. I was like, no, I didn't. I actually didn't. But what happened after that is then I spoke and he ended up staying on and watching me. And as he claims, like on Zoom, you can like 
really look at someone. So they don't know if you're like staring at them, like, oh, wow. You know, like, cause it's zoom. They can't, you don't know Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a bunch of people on zoom. So apparently he was like listening and he was like loving it. And he thought, wow, like I really want to meet this girl. And so the day later, the day after the people running the conference said, asked him how his blind date went. And he was like, she was great but what about Kate? (laughs) And they were like, you mean the dating coach? Like, like her. And they're like, he's like, yeah. And they're like, well, you know, she's also like five and a half years older than you. Right. And they were like, he was like, yeah, Mm -hmm." they were like, okay, well, we will ask her if she's open. And so they asked me and I was like, you know, what's his age and what's his Instagram. And that goes into a whole separate tangent because those were two things that I was like, very interesting. Um, but I said yes to going on a date with him. And I was so like lighthearted about it. Cause I actually was talking to other people at the time. Um, and I was enjoying what was happening with these other people. And it was very casual for me, but I was like, I loved his boldness and yeah. I previously wouldn't have probably said yes to somebody five and a half years younger than me uh-huh. for me. But I said, yes, and I'm so glad I did. And that's why now I also tell people like, hey, you know, depending on how old you are in the stage of life, like be open on so many different ways because in so many different ways, because you just never know who might be Mm -hmm. the right person for you. He was long distance, five and a half years younger than me, loved sports. I don't love sports. And he had really (laughs) interesting, weird, quirky style. And when I lived in New York, I used to work in fashion and so he just like the way he was, he groomed himself and his style was just totally different. It was just yeah. like out there. I mean, he changed his look probably every few months. Like he would shave his entire face. He would have a big beard and he'd shave it off and have just a mustache. And then he'd dye the mustache jet black. <laughs> and just, he was like living it up girl, like having yeah. fun and that's yeah. great. But it was just, I was like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Different looks. Um, but yeah, so I said yes. And so then our first FaceTime date was virtually, of course. Uh-huh. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then how long were y'all long distance? We did long distance for about three months. Um okay. we ended up moving to California. And the reason was it's totally like the timing god of all of it because he, his job, he had just taken a job a few months earlier at a company down in Irvine, California. Mm-hmm. And so he was planning already to move to California in 2021. And wow. so like when his first time he came to visit me, he also went to his office and, you know, was looking mm-hmm. for apartments. And so that worked out so well for us. Um, yeah. I wouldn't always recommend like move to the same city after only three months, but that's right. just kind of how it worked for us. And it yeah. was awesome. It, our relationship changed a lot when we got in person <laughs> all the time. Um, like we loved long distance. We were like both independent people that like loved right. our lives and long distance was honestly the best, but um, <laughs> being in person was great too. It just changed a lot of things. <laughs> yes. You had to readjust a lot of scheduling things probably. Well, yeah. And it kind of just took a, it took a little bit of like the fairy dust out of it, which was good. I think, which was good because like he got to see other sides of me and same for me with him. Like the fact that we are both, I'm so type A and he's so type B 
more of that came up when we were in person, like making plans on a weekly basis, figuring stuff out that like doing more life together. I was like, oh, wow. You really just are chill. Go with the flow with everything. Okay. (laughs) That's, this is really interesting and cool, but it's it's a different thing. I didn't realize, you know? So, yeah, that's so funny. So one of the fears I think that does come with long distance now being that it was only three months, I'm not sure if you, if you felt this or not, Mm -hmm. but I know that one of the common fears is out of sight, out of mind. Like, Mm -hmm. will it work if I'm out of sight, out of mind? Do you have any advice like how to overcome that or prevent that? I think that with long distance, there's no doubt it's a challenge and dating itself and pursuing someone is a challenge overall, but you're going to have to challenge yourself to be intentional, make plans, like be thoughtful, but dating long distance, it's that plus, you know, making sure you're connecting um, because you don't just randomly see each other at church on a Sunday or what have you. Yeah. You have to really be intentional about connecting and about learning how that person wants to be connected to and expressing how you would like to be connected to. And so what I see often in long distance that fails is one person hates messaging, hates connecting over message, hates those kinds of communications and they're much better in person. And the other person like loves connecting frequently over text. And so if this person is not giving this person that, cause they just don't like being on their phone, this person's going to be like, they're not thinking about me. This is not right. sustainable. I don't feel like they're really interested. And then the other person would be like, oh my gosh, like this is really draining. I have to be on my phone a lot. So you have to be able to know what makes other person feel connected and what do I also need to feel connected and have those conversations and challenge yourself to show up in different ways for the other person and vice versa. The other person has to do the same thing for you where you're finding a balance and it it does require some intentionality. The people that hate their phone, hate texting, hate phone calls, they will have to challenge themselves. But the good news for them and for both parties is long distance is temporary. Like if you end up with the person you will be in the same place. (laughs) If you are with that person for the rest of your life, this will be just a season you look back on. It won't be here forever, you know? So I think sometimes we get so in the weeds on it. I'm like, it's a challenge and a sacrifice for now. Yeah, you're exactly right. The intentionality. And I think like, you almost have cheat sheets nowadays with personality assessments and types. And like, you can quickly figure out, you know, strengths, weaknesses, type A, type B, Enneagram types, love languages. I mean, discover it all. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you can kind of have a little cheat sheet of how to better communicate with that person and love that person really well. Mm -hmm. I love it. Now we kind of, you kind of hinted at this earlier and we touched on it just a second, but how does one cope with the idea of the, when is it my turn in that single mindset, that person where all of their, well, quote unquote, all of their friends around them are getting married or um, maybe even the next season having babies, like whatever that looks like. How does that, how can you cope with that idea that when is it Mm. my turn? Yeah. You know, I think that underneath that idea is there's two things. And some of this is going to be hard to hear. There's, there's a desire that you really want something and that desire is good, but there's also the reality that, you know, you may or may not get that desire and God doesn't promise to give you every single desire. And the, 
and worse, you're going to be worse off if you idolize the desire, because the, when it does say like, you know, God will give you the desires of your hearts. It's specifically talking through like something that is truly godly and truly, um, like that, that you are sacrificed and surrendered to that you want, but you're surrendered to it. And so the idea of when will it happen to me is a little bit of entitlement of like, it needs to happen to me. This is a good desire. It should be happening now. And so for me, what I would encourage you to do, there's space to grieve, there's space to feel disappointment. And there's also, I would encourage you a fine line between grieving and feeling disappointment and getting stuck Um, because sometimes Mm -hmm. we get stuck and when we get stuck, we're more apt to fall into a scarcity mindset of like, this is happening for everybody else, but not for me. And then you might go to, is there something wrong with me? Am I not good enough? Any of your insecurities and fears are now popping up to the surface. And now those things are starting to define you. Well, guess what? Then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You go on a date and you already have this scarcity mindset and all these insecurities and fears that are eating away at you. And you go on a date and now you're not even able to show up confidently present um, excited light, light, like not putting so much pressure on it because you were like, will they like me? Will they love me? Is this going to finally work out? Is this my thing? And guess what? The person, on the other side of the table, you may not say those things. They can feel that energy. They will feel it through your messages. They will feel it through your presence. Yeah. Like you, we are energetic beings like attracts, like, I really believe that. So the things that we are believing about ourselves, we're going to attract those things and we're, we're going to like, it'll be a self fulfilling prophecy. And so, yeah, um, that, that is where we really have to say, okay, there's a difference between allowing myself to feel disappointment, but also cling to hope. Versus feeling disappointment so much so that I get stuck and then go into fear and let my insecurities eat away at me. And so what I want to encourage people to do, yes, like it it could feel disappointing. Heartbreak is never fun and feeling like, man, like dating is hard is real. And I'm not going to like try to squash that by any means, but I do believe that hope is not the absence of pain, but an expectation of future good. And so we can have, we can experience pain and disappointment, and we can still do our very best to cling to hope and get excited for our future. And some of that hope and finding that hope also looks like, what am I doing in my life? What am I excited about in my life right now? What am I doing to live a full and vibrant life? Do I like myself? Do I like the life that I'm with living with or without a person? Those things are so important because even if you get that desire you so want, which is being with someone and potentially being married, they're never going to be able to fill your happiness bucket completely. Yeah. You will have to figure out those things for yourself with or without somebody like it's going to happen. You're going to, you can get married tomorrow, but look to that person for all your happiness and they will disappoint you. And then you're going to get back stuck of like, what's going on? This is what I thought I wanted, you know, self-fulfilling prophecy again. And then if you're processing that within a marriage that comes out in all kinds of ugly ways. Well, let me tell you, so that's, that is dangerous territory, not only for yourself, but for the other person, you're not able to love the other person. Well, because you're still questioning so many things within yourself and, you know, lacking love for yourself in that area. Ooh, Mm. that is, so that's a really important note, especially if you're trying to race towards marriage. Um, hopefully you're not, but just in case, (laughs) uh, that to be careful of what you're bringing into it 
yes. because all of that self-work, all of that um, just processing and getting to know yourself is so crucial mm-hmm. before letting in anyone else in. Yes. I mean, into the most intimate relationship that you have with anyone. Yes, yes. You know? yep. Yeah, it's such good advice. Um, you've mentioned you mentioned this earlier too, but we need to know just for sure. Have you ever dated Boo Boo Dude? <laughs> oh yeah, girl, for sure. <laughs> dated all the guys. <laughs> Definitely dated a Boo Boo Dude. <laughs> more than one. More than one for sure. Mm-hmm. Same, 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 same. And I know that there's a a million girls who literally nodded their head and were like, "Yes, me too." So do you have a word of encouragement for them or just for the girl who needs to have fun again when it comes to dating? Yeah. You know, sometimes a lot of times the reason we date the boo-boo dude is because there's something about it that feels alluring at first. There's something about it that feels exciting mm-hmm. um, at first. And I really encourage you figure out what that is for you. What felt exciting? What were you attracted to there? Because there's some learning in there. You don't want to keep going through the same patterns over and over and over again. For me, that was my life going through the same patterns over and over and over again in dating until I hit a really low moment of like, okay, wait a second who is Kate in all of this? Like, if you take out all these guys, who am I and what's been going on here? I can't just put it on all those guys. There's an ownership I need to take as well. And so, you know, take the time to figure those things out. Like, why was I attracted to that? Like what's going on here? And Mm -hmm. do I find the normal steady guys boring? Um, Maybe I need to shift my mindset there and date like one of those normal steady guys that I quote unquote think are boring because maybe that's the kind of guy the anti boo boo guy that is going to actually be way better for me. Um, and maybe I just need to retrain myself to be okay with that. Um, and not that they're going to be boring for life. Okay. I'm just saying that like, this is like something the initial. Yeah. Yes. And I've dated the charismatic, the very fun, the, all the different kinds of people. And I have just found, you know, ask yourself, what do you really want to feel like in a relationship? Like, do you constantly want to feel like you're performing or convincing someone to like you or having mm, to do things so for them to be with you? Or do you truly want to feel like this person is with you even on your bad days that you don't have to perform and w- like wave your hands in front of their face, trying to tell them all the time how amazing you are. You want to feel like the person you're with is ignited to pursue you through mm-hmm. the good, bad, and ugly. And that is exactly what I found with JJ. He has seen all different sides of me over the last year. Cause I've gone through some hard stuff, even in this last year with depression and burnout and a really bad bouts of anxiety. And the one thing this man has shown me is like, even when it gets hard, I really love you. And I love you even more. And I will stay here. What he has shown to me is like, he is a safe container for me as a big woman with lots of personality, with lots of vision and goals. And he does not try to fit me into this little box. I never feel like I'm having to perform to be with him. And so, and that is that kind of safety and security and truly feeling seen is the most beautiful healing thing on the planet. And those people out there are out there. Those people do exist. Um, and if you're constantly attracted to the boo-boo dude, there's Mm. just like, really 
figure out, do the ownership, like look at the patterns and then ask yourself, how do you actually want to feel in a relationship? And then start going, looking for that as you're dating. That's why I love the casual dating because through time, okay, without early committing, you start noticing, how am I really feeling around this person? If I allow that, like, if I don't commit right away and just see them through some time, like, how am I actually feeling when I get out of all the butterflies and all the chemistry and all that? How am I actually feeling about this person? How do I actually feel around them? Truly? What do they make me feel like? Yeah. So good. I love that. I mean, I just echo that and (laughs) emphasize that all because it's so good and so true. Man, I love it so much. Thank you so much for all of your advice and your, um, just insight. And there's more that you have to share obviously on online and with heart of dating, but you also wrote a book. Yeah. Um, where can people get the book and where can they follow you on, um, online? Yes. So my book is called, thank you for rejecting me. It's a book I wish I had so many years ago to really just like understand the weight of rejection and finding myself through all the different layers of rejection, body image rejection, self-rejection, external rejections, like heartbreaks, feeling misunderstood, like feeling left out, even abuse. We go to all these different layers of like, I feel really rejected and misused. And how do I heal from that? And so anyway, I love this book. I believe in it. You can get it on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. You can connect with me on Instagram at Kateness or at Heart of Dating. And we're also Heart of Dating on TikTok. And we've been having fun over there. (laughs) And then just heartofdating.com is our website that has like all the things from the podcast to our Facebook group, to our programs to free resources. So heartofdating.com would be a great place for you too. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. It's been so much fun. Thanks Ainsley. You too, girl. Hey, thanks so much for hanging out today. I pray that you're able to see yourself how the Lord sees you so you can hold your head a little higher and shine your confidence a little brighter. I would so appreciate if you would leave a review, subscribe, and share this with a friend. And of course, I want to stay connected with you. Find me on Instagram at Ainsley B. And my website is AinsleyBritton.com. See y'all later.